You're watching The Voice of the Youth, a new show by me, your host, Kenimo, where I interview members of the public, members of the political class, youths, entrepreneurs, and older people from older generations to really understand Nigeria's political system, to understand how we as members of the youth of this country can get involved to make a better Nigeria. So that's the goal here. So I'm not sure if you guys have checked out The Youth, The Road to 2023. It was a documentary series that I made back in 2020 around the NSARS protests. And definitely go check that out. It's on YouTube and, and, and on Instagram. Um, and I, I wanted to make a sequel to that. I wanted to continue the conversation and what better way than to sit down with some of Nigeria's best politicians, bright minds, and members of the youth so we can really dissect and understand how we can get involved and how we can create and change Nigeria and make a better Nigeria. So that's the goal of this show. Stay tuned every Tuesdays and Thursdays here on Stream OVG. You know, you, you can check us out on TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram, link down below, but it's at Stream OVG or there are different variations on different platforms. So make sure you go check that out and let us get involved. So guys, stay tuned more to come. Today we have Mohamed Bello El Rufai, the Kaduna North House of Reps candidate of APC for 2023. Now, uh, Bello has quite some experience in the politi political system, you know, his father being the governor of Kaduna State. But aside from that, he was the former senior legis legislative aide and chief of staff to Senator Ubasani of Kaduna State. He's very well versed on the political system in Nigeria, specifically in Kaduna, and he really understands how it works. He's got, he's a bright mind, very intelligent figure, sometimes polarizing um, in the media, but he has a lot of insights that we should, you know, he has a lot of insights, so definitely check out what he has to say. So stay tuned. Let us begin. Bello okay. El Rafai. All right. Tell me about your campaign. And what and um, what contribution that you hope to make in Nigeria, you know, or specifically in Kaduna, as a House of Representative member? Well, it's always to to join you, Kenan, and thank you for having us till September twenty eighth. Uh, by virtue of the schedule and timetable that INEC released. But of course, politicians being politicians, there's still a lot of consultation going on on the ground. But it's actually illegal uh, with the latest electoral act that was passed this year by the National Assembly. It's actually illegal to start campaigning officially until September 28th um, for the National Assembly seats, in particular the presidential campaign and um, the House of Reps and Senate seats, you know, but we've been, um, I just finished a ward visitation tour, um, just incidentally uh, visiting uh, stakeholders at the ward level, I try to go directly to their houses, uh, just to ask for their blessings, guidance, and so forth. Uh, and I made sure I visit 
Uh, that's Kajinamas local government. We have 12 months. So I visited all of that. And it's been good so far. You know, it's, it's very hectic, uh, you know, and with the present condition in the country, it's also very costly. Um, and people have high expectations because people are going through a lot now. But it's really been a refreshing experience for me and I'm enjoying every bit of it. Um, insisting this upon the electorate when I was in Kaduna this past week, that I, I, I really hope to bring government closer to the people. You know, um, it's, it's essential uh, for the voters and the people, the electorate as a whole, to know what the primary duties of a legislature are. You know, um, I do not intend to overpromise. What are those primary duties so that we can break it down? Because, you know, this platform is for the youth to educate people. So please break down for us yeah. what are the primary duties of a House of Representative member? Well, as you know, as you very well know, um, since 1979, Nigeria has more or less created a, a constitution and a system that is very much like the American presidential system. So essentially, I remember having this, uh, after I won the primary election, I was talking with Uncle Chin, and he goes, oh, email your professors from school and tell them you're a congressman. So to young people, particularly people that... Um, follow your podcast that they will understand that that's essentially what I'm running to be a congressman and the primary functions of a legislator be it a senator or a house of reps member or, or a house of assembly member at the state level is essentially to draft laws that is the primary duty to draft laws that favors the constituencies they represent and the country as a whole Secondly, there is the oversight function. So the legislature forms um, um, is, is more or less a check towards the executive and the judiciary. So hypothetically speaking, um, if I win an election, I'd be um, appointed to a committee in the House of Reps. Let's say the sports committee, for example, the House Committee on Sports. So my duty is to make sure the Minister of Sports, that is a member of the Federal Executive Council, is kept on check. We're meant to scrutinize their budget spending. We're meant to scrutinize their policies in favor of Nigerians. So the first is law, law, lawmaking or drafting laws. The second is oversight, okay? But it's, it's, it's very difficult because the, the public as a whole do not understand this. So a legislature is not really saddled with the responsibility of building roads. Do you understand? That is the job of the executive. You know, depending on what kind of road it is, certain roads are actually the, role, um, the, the objective of a local government chairman, not even a governor. So as, as much as I, I'm looking forward to representing uh, my constituents, I, I also have to do all I can to educate them and let them know what it is they should expect of me. I don't know if that's a good thing to do or if it's wise electorally, but I think it's very important, you know, because it, you know, um, all I can do is complement what the next governor of Kaduna will do as a legislature. So for example, if the Kaduna state government builds a primary healthcare center in Angua Sariti, which is a ward under my constituency, uh, that's their job. 
uh, my job is to find funding in terms of equipping it with medical supplies, um, medical machineries and all that. So essentially you are meant to partner with the state government to achieve your own functions and objectives. But it changed over time. I'm sure you've heard of, a, of, of the infamous uh, constituency projects. So, you know, legislators have what you call constituency projects where certain sums are earmarked for projects like bridges and all that. Many still argue that is unconstitutional, be like that. But as a, as a legislator, you could plead with the Minister of Works, Baba Tundaraji Fashola, that there's a community that is urgent, that needs um, access to a federal road, for example. So as a legislator, your job is to lobby that minister to get it there. But constituency projects, now you have legislators more or less in the act of executing projects. That is not the primary objective. I think that changed over time. Yeah, so I, I intend to do that. I intend to hold weekly meetings with, uh, sorry, monthly meetings with my constituents. I want them to feel that the government is close to them. I also do intend to design a system that is built around me. I hope to appoint constituency officers. So while I'm in Abuja, uh, representing them here, that they have um, people they could access directly and ask what the problems are. I also wish to run an open budget system where they know the amount of money I am receiving and what we intend to do with it, I really hope to do that in line with what Kaduna State Government does uh, with, the, with its budget and its financial uh, situation. I, I really hope to do that and I, I hope to not let them down. It's going to be a diff difficult task. I'm not underestimating it. Um, people have high expectations and the reality doesn't reflect that. But we will be as honest as we can with them. As I say, we tell them what we can do and what we can't do. So, okay, so you are 34 years old, right? So here yeah. in Nigeria, obviously, I mean, globally too, like, but you're considered a youth. What is the importance, yeah. what is the importance of having young leaders, um, especially as whether House of Representative or in these positions of power here in Nigeria? It, it's very important. It really is um, challenging. Uh, you can't, you know, how do I put it? So times change, right? Like, uh, okay, since your podcast has a lot of young followers following, I'll use an analogy uh, regarding music, for example. So I, I'm a huge hip hop fan. I'm a, I'm a, Nas is my favorite rapper, but I, I, I love Jay-Z, okay? So if Jay-Z releases an album today, it's probably not going to sell as much as, I don't know, Drake or even the younger ones, you know? So time, you have to cope with time. Jay-Z has his respect and all that, but there's the time because the younger ones now know the kind of music they could give Generation Z, you know? So it's, it, it's at that level. It's very important for young people to be in public service because they're more innovative. Okay, my younger brother is more innovative than I am. I can't, there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. it it's time, you know, th that's what it is. And innovation is equally as important in public service as it is in business, you know? So the young people come with much more drive, much more passion, and, and they, they see things 
from a perspective that the older generations we don't, you know. But that you know, just being young is not enough. Okay, so if I go, if I win an election and I represent you and many in our generation, and and the first headline you get is that I've, I've stolen two billion naira, well, that, you won't be proud of me, would you? You know, so it's not really about young people. And I've I've heard my opinion about young people. I think the talent in Nigeria is abundant. It's incredible. You know, but there's still a lack of unity. There's still a lack of putting in the work. You know, we're stuck online and we think that's where impact is. I assure you, most of the voters I related with for the past two weeks are not on Twitter or Instagram. You know, WhatsApp and Facebook is bad at best, you know. So, but but it's very, very, very important to get more young people doing this. In my case, it's actually it's actually a burden. And you know, I, I intend to push it. So there's little when you say it's I a burden when you say it's a burden at, at, a, at, a, at a central Nigerian level. And why is that? So what? When you say it's a burden, excuse me. What you said it's a burden at your level. Are you referring yeah. to the fact that there are not enough young people in these positions? Or what exactly absolutely. is the burden? Absolutely, Chenin. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a burden that I intend to tackle with by partnering with other like minds. But it is a burden, particularly for the seat I'm going for. So the way it works in the Senate, as old even back during the Roman Empire, Parliament is it's very hierarchical. So there's seniority in it. Okay. So I'm sure you've had a friend or your siblings have had friends that have been elected to the National Assembly or the State House of Assembly in Delta, you know, but they couldn't do much because uh, even if I win an election, um, I would hope that the speaker would appoint me to a, a good committee. Do you understand? Right. You know, traditionally, first timers are rarely given the power to chair a committee, you know? In fact, it's, you know, your office as a first timer is probably in the zero floor, which I've worked in the Senate for the past four years. So it's very, you know, so for us to make the impact we want, we need 40, 50 of us going at the same time, forming a block, which I do, do you understand? So that, that is why whenever we have a friend elected to, the house of reps you know you you know it's brilliant you could see that but in terms of the impact the direct impact it's quite difficult you know it's a very it's a very um there's a class system in terms of your experience how long you've been there have you served in the state legislature before coming you know there are certain people that are fortunate enough to crack that i think my boss who's the current gubernatorial candidate in kaduna senator Obasan, was fortunate enough to chair the banking committee in his First term, okay. The banking committee is powerful. It it has uh, significant government agencies like the CBN, NDIC, um, Nexim Bank under it. You know, and that gives you more influence. You know, but this case is an exception. You know, normally first timers don't chair a committee. They don't get good committees, and they are never principal officers. So a first timer cannot be a chief whip. Uh, cannot be a majority leader. Cannot be a, so. You know, so so. Why I say it's a burden, Kenim, is because we need more of us going in at the same time. Okay? We need more of us going in at the same time. There's a reason why the turnover rate in the House of Representatives is 80%. Now, what does that mean? That means 
80% of legislators don't go back for a second term. They are voted out. You know, um, a certain report showed that that is due to their fighting with their governors. Uh, but I also think it, it's just a difficult job. Okay, that is why from day one, it is imperative to be honest with your constituents. It still curse you, I bet. But, you know, it's, it's better to start on, on the right foot, you know. 80% um, don't go back. You know, because when it's Christmas, your constituents expect you to send bags of rice, <laughs> you know, ram meat. When it's salai, you know, so it's, you know, you're doing that. They think, you know, it, it's really a, a, a tedious job, you know, and mm -hmm. it will be difficult to navigate, but we'll do our best. I'm glad to know that Muktai Shagaya is also running. And I saw him, you know, I think two weeks ago, we had a colloquium in, memory, um, in the name of General Baba. And then Muktai Shagai was then the primary guest with him, you know, but, but that's what I'm saying. You need like 14 Muktai Shagayas in the house of reps at once to make the sort of impact we need to. Okay, yeah, I'm actually interviewing him um, at 5 p.m. today. Um, Great, I'll, I'll yeah. tune in for that. <laughs> but I, um, yeah. yes, I do, I, you know, I do agree. And I think about, because you mentioned the U.S., so I'm thinking about someone like AOC, who like, yeah. you know, she's, she's in the same age brackets and we can see the impact that she's made yeah. in America, um, yeah, especially yeah. like being a voice and communicating directly with the youth in America. Do you see yourself taking a similar uh, position, uh, being vocal, being active, uh, communicating uh, with youths? Are you using, whether it is yeah. social media, as a tool to connect with people in yeah. a deeper, deeper level than, you know, just seeing them in person. Tell me more or, or to yeah. connect with more people than, you know, one-on-one -on -one meetings. Tell me more yeah. about like your approach as a House of uh, Reps member. My approach regarding oh. As a House of Reps member, what is what? your approach? Do you see it uh, akin to, AOC or what is your, what is your, you know, your style, so to speak? Oh, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I, I mean, AOC is very special, you know, um, um, she's, she's been very disruptive and I guess it's not just her, right? There seems to be a, a coalition of them. I can't remember what the, the New York Times labeled them as, you know, but they seem to be the rebellious woman in Congress right now. And they're pushing um, a lot of ideas and giving a voice to the voiceless, you know? Uh, uh, and that was my point, they are a block. I think it's AOC, AOC is from Harlem and there's another one, you know, that I forgot, but there are like five of them just moving at the same pace. I think two Latinas, I think one, two African-Americans, you know, that is the kind of impact you need. You know, you need more of that. If AOC don't, there won't be as much, but yeah, I, I think I, I think I think I could see how I absolutely I follow her a lot. She inspires me, and I'll, I intend to copy the good things she has. That's for sure, you know. And uh, yeah, I believe in disruption too. I don't, you know, I'm not a conventional in any way. You know, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna position because I'm running for reps in a state my father is the current government. My father is the current governor of the state. So strategically, I must 
take the unconventional route in either case. You know, um, I, I prefer dealing with the people directly. You know, um, I do have a great team, you know, but I want the people to know they have access to me. I, since they started, I probably reply at least 400 messages a day. I take over 180 calls, you know, and I pick any call, whether I know you or not. If I don't have money, I say, no, I'm not going to transfer it to your route to me. I'll say, no, it's not your money. You know, I, you know, I try to, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I, but I think it's also important, you know, and there's a lot of respect that's come out of that from certain people. I don't want to start on a platform of being a politician that says what they want to keep. I'm not going to do that. You know, I keep saying, if you don't get the politics right, you're not going to get the governing right. This has been Nigeria's problem for a long time. You know, politics is very, very important. I don't believe the end justifies the means. I, I, I'm trying to get the politics right. You know, I'm trying to tell people this is what we can or what can do. Try and talk to them directly. And I want to sustain that even after I win. So what, what do you think the main challenges the average Nigerian faces? I mean, I know you're specifically looking at Kaduna, but I do want to talk mm. about Nigeria at large. What are the main challenges you think Nigeria faces in terms of uh, that uphill battle towards progress? The certainty is that we have an insecurity situation and without which people can't thrive either in a social or economic setting. But for me, the majority of young Nigerians are young. We are a young population. Um, I think what is most important is we need, we desperately need to get people working again. So, we need okay. To get people working again. So, I look we at, you know, to, I, I spoke with the Kebbi uh, state governor who talked yeah. about, you know, you know, once Buhari banned uh, the importation of rice, he stayed really focused on, you know, planting rice and uh, rice fields and all of that. And he has been able to increase the average salaries from, I think it was around 200,000 Naira all the way up to eight, 800,000 a year or something, something quite, yeah, he's done quite a lot in that sector. What are some of the industries that you feel like as House of Representative that uh, your state needs to focus on to really make sure we get rid of insecurity and we, we solve uh, some of the day-to-day -day issues for people? Well, they've done amazing work in Kebi State. Agriculture is certainly important, you know, but not just enough to plant. You know, there's, there's a whole agro-business industry. Okay, what we need to do is transfer people from the subsistence act of farming to making farming something they make capital of, something they employ people of. You know, it, it, so for me, it's limited. But agriculture is certainly a sector. I think tech is the future. I, I honestly think um, we must harness that um, sector. Ex we must extremely harness that sector because uh, actually during the campaign trail, I met a young man in Kaduna, his name is Sean Sedin, uh, that actually designed a drone. Okay, he designed a drone. I was quite disappointed because I asked him, nobody in Kaduna State government reached out to you? You know, because um, the Elfad administration has done well in reaching out to these talents, you know, be it in the creative industry or the tech industry. But surprisingly, nobody had. So I vowed him that day that I'll take him to the investment promotion agency and my father personally, you know, so agriculture and tech 
and then the creative in this, okay, uh, be it music and arts, we need to. And I will push for that despite the taboo in the North. You know, I really think, Kenim, that we can't afford to ignore any industry. We need to get people working. So, Even the okay, I do want to talk about in unemployment. I understand that. And I want to talk about tech because I think about especially the challenges that Nigerians face in fintech and with the CBN regulations around fintech. Um, what yeah. is your take on that? Um, some of the challenges that fintech companies have and how, as a House of Representative member, can you lobby to make changes in that? Oh, um, actually, I don't think it's as bad as CB. You know, people portray CBN in a bad light, can it? You know, um, of course, the economic conditions in the country, the inflation rate, I think it's over 20% now, there's that. But in this issue in particular, I had the pleasure and honor of working closely with CBN. My boss got the, um, the Banking Act amended for the first time since 1991. Um, both here. You know, we, it's, it's, a, it's a substantial act for me as transformative as the Petroleum Industry Act. That's the PID bill that was eventually assented to by the president. So as both here, I commend the central bank governor, Godwin Imefele, my own boss as the banking committee chairman, stakeholders in the sector, and some of your guys. We worked closely with Ian to do this. You know, Ian... In the, that's in Andela and Florida Wave, you know, um, I completely, we've had huge political disagreements since then and had a fallout, you know, and part of the reason I, I'm I was disappointed in, you know, those stakeholders then is I told them none of them acknowledge that there are people in government that are willing to partner with the private sector to push such reformist acts. I, I worked hard on that bill. We stayed up for two nights with um, Aziz Ojelade, a fellow aide to Senator Obasani, and the president assented to both here, Kenny. And we were deliberate in leaving room for mobile money, for fintech, you know, and we made sure that industry leaders like Ian, um, you know, were engaged and their suggestions were carried on board on both here act. You know, so I think with in time and when people actually read the act, they realize that this, um, not just the CDN, but this um, Buhari Oshimbajo administration has really opened more opportunities for fintech and tech. I, I don't think they're being hindered, really. I think a lot of people are saying that because of the fallout with the NSAS protest, you know, that's why. But I, I think this act, and acts are everything. I've told you this before. I don't believe in noise. You know, I believe history judges you by the law you leave on the ground. And both here is an act I was very proud I was very, very proud to have worked on, you know, very, very proud. And I intend to follow up if I, if I get elected by ensuring that I have the best um, legislative aides that are innovative, that are young, that understand that the world has changed and we must adapt to it. And I hope that I get to um, sponsor a bill as commendable as both here. You know, um, because all the, I, I wouldn't focus on bills that only cater to Kaduna North constituency. As mm -hmm. a House of Representative in the National Assembly, I'm also your representative, even though you're from Delta. You know, so one of the things I intend to do is uh, divide it into two from national bills and local bills, you know, but both here was commendable. And we need to do more for FinTech. 
You know, we need to, um, we need to, you know, we need to unshackle the private sector. You know, if people are criticizing CBN because of that, I, I, I agree with that to a certain extent, but that's a conversation for another day. Okay, so you, funny enough, talked about NSARS, and I remember you, you mm. recall, you know, participating in the documentary that I made on NSARS. A lot of people saw that documentary. Yeah. They didn't like yeah, your response. You, yeah, Tell you always me. find a way of making you always find a way of making me more famous, Channing. Thanks. <laughs> Tell me, how did you receive? Well, I guess so. How how did you, you know, how how did people receive you? How, what was the, sort of the interactions that you got with people based on that? You know, and what do you think? What do you say to the people that you know don't support some of the things that you said in that documentary? Well, they're entitled to their opinion, you know, but I don't know about the interactions. You know, I, I guess you've noticed I haven't had any major blowout on social media lately because I'm rarely tweeting now. And to be fair, people don't always come in at me. Like you could, you could post whatever you want. I believe in the freedom of expression. You know, just don't mention me. You could get a reply you might not like, you know, and just because I'm a son to my father, <laughs> if you want to criticize my father, go ahead. You know, he took, a, he took an oath with the Quran. So as a public servant, it is a duty to criticize them, but not me. I was a private citizen, so don't. Now, regarding answers, I didn't see Tsunami Manai. I didn't see Tsunami Wow. I'm, after, I'm on a panel now. But um, I didn't see Inagadiasan, um, I didn't see, um, I didn't, uh, NSAS, I didn't see the interactions, but what I can say is, um, I believe in comprehensive police reform, Stalin. And I told Omojiwa this, my disagreement with NSAS back then was simple, that we had a chance to draft a law on police reform. We had a good chance. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Hello, Kenyan. We had a chance yes. back then, the president, the president asked the leaders of the movement, the vice president asked the leaders of the movement to come and sit with him. But others thought it's better to continue making noise, causing havoc, getting retweets, getting endorsements, being hailed by the New York Times when it was an opportunity for us to draft comprehensive police state reforms. I told Omojua this in particular. I told him at the moment we're working on state police reform by the constitutional amendment. Unfortunately, the president rejected that. But, you know, when young people have this power, this move, what we need to do next is to draft it into laws and acts. That is it. Nobody wants, they don't want to hear that, of course, because they prefer Instagram and tweets. So that was my response. <laughs> you know, we should be able to have that conversation, but I don't, I don't, I don't even care about, about, about the noise and all that stuff. So I don't know what the interaction okay. was. I personally didn't. Okay, I guess I my last question to you just because, before, okay. just before you yeah. get off, is yeah. what do you what are your hopes for Nigeria exactly. moving into the panel, future? I totally forgot. Yeah. Did you hear me? Hello. I said my last Hello, my last question my last question before you get off is what are your hopes for Nigeria looking into the future? Well, I hope we find hope again. Young people don't have hope now. Tell him. Do you right. understand? Sorry, can you can you hold the camera? Like, there's to your a face? lot of talent. Can you hold the... People don't 
Can you hold the camera to Sorry. your face? I can't see you. Okay. Please Go on. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, young people, young, young people don't have hope now. Okay, they wake up and they don't know if they're going to, if they, if they have work to do, if they have an eight to five, there's no capital to start a business. There, there's really nothing. So before any, before any grand statements or any comments, I think the first thing we need to restore is hope. You know, so my hope for Nigerians is to have hope again. Really, I, I, it's quite tragic how people have lost any any form of hope at the moment. There's absolutely none. You know, um, I have to get on the panel now. I'm so sorry, Kenneth. I hope this All was right, okay. no worries. And if I can call you back, I can answer the last question better. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Is and I'll okay? speak to you again. Yes, that's fine. Thank All you right. very thank much. Thank you. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, all the above, and stay tuned. New episodes every Tuesdays and Thursdays here on Stream OVG. You can catch us on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and of course, on all podcasting platforms. Guys, I'll see you in the next one. Peace.